Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom, welcome back to another episode. And today we are talking all about the scale. I'm going to share with you my opinions on using a scale as a form of progress. You know, is it a good way to track? Is it not? And then how to use the scale properly as a tool of progress and things to watch out for because there's a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, but the scale can be misleading. Um, and we're going to talk about that and what that looks like. So if you do decide that you want to use a scale as a form of progress, I'm going to show you how to do that effectively and, you know, in a way that's going to make you understand these fluctuations that you're seeing so much throughout the, the month on the scale, right? That sound good? So let me go ahead and just share with you my personal opinion about the scale. So as somebody that has... I've never been, I'll be completely honest, I've never been extremely overweight. I gained, you know, I've been overweight by about 30 pounds, you know, after my pregnancies and things like that. But growing up, I never was really big. Um, also, I'm only five feet. <laughs> so when I gain weight, like even five pounds can be very, it can be noticeably big noticeably different on me, but I've always been a smaller. I'm smaller framed. Uh, I struggled with eating disorders for about 10 years off and on, so I never would allow myself to gain weight. But I will say this, that the scale is not the best indication of progress. And I'm going to share with you. So for example, before I started strength training and, and taking it seriously and figuring out how to do it properly... I weighed 105, 108 pounds. Like I said, keep in mind I'm five feet. I'm really short. So anyways, I I started out at that and then it's been three years of properly strength training and I weigh 120 pounds. And I actually fit the same clothing size that I did when I was 105. Now, granted, I do, um, that's kind of pushing the limits a little bit. I'm gonna explain that because it's, a fit body is, it can be very different. And sometimes it's hard to find clothes that fit properly, but I'm essentially the same size. It's just now I have to buy clothes that are a little stretchier. Like my jeans I always buy stretchy jeans because my waist to booty and hip ratio is so different that it's like, they're almost like two different sizes. So if I buy a size up and, and it fits comfortably down there, then it's like way big in the waist. So, you know, fit girl problems, right? But that's not that bad of a problem to have. I, I completely do not mind it at all, but it does make wearing um, or shopping for things a little differently. So I want to put you to put, I want you to hear this because what I'm trying to say is I weigh more now and I look better than I did then. All right. So that can be misleading because you're probably thinking like, oh, wow, you you gained 15 pounds. Yes, I did. I gained 15 pounds, but 
a lot of it, most of it was just muscle. Yes, I've, I'm a little, I probably have a little bit more fat, but it's fine. Like, uh, you know, I'm totally fine with that. So this is what we talk about, or when I talk about this, I'm talking about what is called, you know, transforming your body. It's one thing to lose weight, and it's another thing to recomp, recomposition your body. Um, and so the scale is not the best indication of that. If you are somebody that is solely just trying to lose weight, then the scale is probably your best, one of your best tools of progress. But if you're trying to get fit, you're trying to gain muscle, you're trying to get toned, you're trying to look fit, it's not the best indication of progress. Now, does it have a part to play in um, your progress? Sure. And I'm going to explain to you how to use it in a proper way to actually understand what you're reading, how to interpret that. Because like I said, it can be very misleading if you don't understand the normal fluctuations that can happen throughout even just your monthly cycle as a woman, right? It's a lot different. Men are so stable. It's so much easier for them to use forms of measurement for progress than it is a woman because their hormones stay the same all the time. Their hormones are the same. Their their body works in a 24-hour clock. Our work, ours works in a 30-day clock, right? So that's why we go through all these shifts of changes, our a cycle of 30 days, right? Like a woman's menstrual period. A man, his cycle is 24 days. So his, his levels are always the same every day. It makes it really easy for them to track progress versus a woman, especially using a scale. Now, I'm, I'm going to make a side note too I know we're talking about the scale but there I um I had made a podcast a while back about forms of progress I can't remember exactly what episode it was but I have learned a few things um and researched things since then that I've changed some of my I guess some of what I spoke about so one thing what I'm talking about specifically in general is Different ways of tracking progress are still not the best for women. So for example, there is a nutrition store that's not far from here. And I used to tell women to do this as a way of tracking progress. It's called a body comp machine. And what it does is you stand on you stand on it without shoes. You hold these electrodes in your hands and they're signaling in your feet. And it's sending um, electronic pulse throughout your, your muscle and all that in, in order to test your body fat and your muscle. Now that electric current that's going through your body when it's doing that scan, it uses water and it kind of bounces from that. So based on a on your water weight, that can just really change the outcome of that machine, like what the report says. And I didn't realize that, but I did have a feeling in the back of my head because when I would go and I would use this machine and I'd go, I'd go like maybe once a month and I would see these changes that weren't adding up to what I thought my form, like my progress was heading. Now I'm very in tune with my body and very aware of, um, you know, my progress, uh, where I'm going and what direction I'm going. And that wouldn't really add up on the numbers. And I'm like, hmm, what is going on? I don't really feel like I can trust this machine right now. So I did more research, started realizing that since it works so highly off water weight as it can skewer the, the results, you know, um, that it's not the best way to track progress either because women go through so much fluctuation throughout the month because of our hormones, which cause us to retain water weight at different times. So this is also, I'm going to talk about the scale, but I do want to kind of shed some light on 
some things I talked about in that episode of progress. So we're going to talk about other ways a little bit about tracking progress as well, because I just want to kind of give you guys an update for those of you that really follow the podcast, you listen to every episode, I need to update that a little bit for you. So my personal opinion, like I said, I think it just depends. I really think it depends. Um, there's some people, and I've even done this, I've been like, throw out your scale, never look at it. And, you know, the truth is for some, it can be part of the tool, you know, part of your toolbox for tracking progress. Should it be your sole way of tracking progress? No, not by any means. And it just is one of those things. And the you have to figure that out for yourself. Some things that I would ask myself if I'm like, should I be using a scale or not, which I want to be completely honest, I do use the scale, but it's not as very sporadic. And it's maybe once a week, sometimes it'll be a little bit more just depends on what my goals are if I'm really trying to, you know, if I'm trying to shed a little bit or whatever, or just because sometimes I just get curious. And I like to like do the I like numbers, I like tracking things. So sometimes I'll do that a little bit more, right. But for you, I want you to really ask yourself, how do you feel about the scale? If it's something that's giving you anxiety, then that's something that maybe you should just back off for a while. If you're getting really compulsive about the scale, is it helping you in a healthy way to stay on track is as a reminder, then hey, then it's probably something you want to keep in if it's helping you stay on track. And if the scale is something that gives you anxiety because you're seeing all these crazy fluctuations all the time, you might feel differently about the scale after I after this podcast episode, after I finish explaining everything, and then maybe you can use it in a more healthier way. Sorry, my kids are going crazy. I had planned to do all this when my my son was at school, and he ended up having an early release, and I didn't realize that till like actually this morning. So small town Texas thing. Turns out that when you have home football games away, they like close all the schools down early. <laughs> totally a Texas uh, small Texas thing. So, anyways, that's why they have early release today is because the varsity football team is going to out of town game from that from what I've been told. <laughs> so, anyways, excuse the screaming in the background. So I hope that after this, you can see and understand why those fluctuations are taking place and then possibly be able to use the scale as a form of progress um, that can keep you on track because I do feel like it has that possible potential as long as you have a healthy mindset around weighing yourself. And I think a lot of that has to do with just understanding and knowledge, right? Really grasping, understanding what's going on and how to use it correctly. Then it can be a really good tool. So that's up for you to decide, right? I can give you all the opinions that I have, but ultimately you're entitled to your own. So that's like anything. Um, I don't think there's a one size fits all approach for anything and including how you specifically track progress. Yes, there are some forms I believe that are better than others, but like I said, ultimately it's your decision and there are more ways than one to skin a cat. I can't think of her or, you know, whatever that terminology is. And we need to honor that. And that's part of this journey is really understanding yourself, really evaluating things. Don't always just do what everybody tells you to do, right? And I'm really, I feel really strongly about this um, because, and this is going to be an upcoming episode, is talking about my fitness. I think it's, yeah, what did I have in my, I'm trying to think what I've had put in my notes. It's uh, me 
telling you the truth, the raw truth of like what this fitness journey has looked like for me and possibly what it has looked like for a lot of people and to really put into perspective about really how this goes. It's not like a pretty thing all the time and it's not perfect. Um, And so you know, it's very, I think it's also very individualized and you have to do the trial and error to figure out what works for you. So I always want you to take what I tell you and how can you, and figure out how you can apply it to yourself or at least experiment and play around. See if it works. If not, no biggie, nothing's wrong with you. Maybe you just haven't found exactly what works for you and that's fine, right? This is, it's, I can, if I could just, and I will on that episode coming up soon, um, just, just been tons of trial and error, right? So anyways, moving on. So I've already kind of explained to you, is it a good way to track progress? It is, I think, if you have a healthy mindset and you and you know how to use it and it's not the sole way that you track progress, all right? So before I get into um, why the scale is misleading, um, actually, you know what? We're just gonna jump into that first. I think that's probably a good place to go from here. Now, what I what do I mean by the scale is misleading? And I wanna kind of tell you a little story that actually inspired today's episode. So I was at the gym this morning, Fitness A2H, shout out, all right? <laughs> that's my home away from home. And I was there and there's a lady that I've been talking to and I've known her for a while and she went to the gym for a while and I don't know what happened and she stopped going for a while and now she's coming back and you can tell she's really taking it seriously, like trying to lose the weight, trying to get back in shape, trying to get back on track. She's strength training, which I love seeing. So, you know, she's doing a lot of the things right. And so she um, comes up to me and she actually, I talked to her maybe a week or so ago because she wanted to do some possibly do some training sessions with me to help her out but today she came up and asked me and I don't know how exactly it started but she's just like I'm not seeing progress like what is going on what am I doing um and so we just started talking right so turns out she has been going back to the gym now for a couple of months right she was off track for a while she's back on track she is has lost 10 pounds in two two months which is um that's freaking great progress right but now she's saying or she's telling me that she hasn't lost any weight in the last I believe two weeks and you know, when somebody comes up and tells me these things, this isn't the first time this kind of scenario has happened, it's really hard for me to say and pinpoint without doing like a nutrition consult, really looking at everything and analyzing. I don't like to just give cookie cutter advice or, you know, without really fully understanding what's going on because I might be doing more harm than good, right? So I just kind of pried a little bit asking about her nutrition and everything. She sounds like she's doing pretty good, right? Like everything sounds on track. And then I started asking her, you know, about, we started, I started thinking about it a little bit, right? And I was like, you know what? I was like, so you say you've been the same weight, right? And she's like, yeah. And I go, well, you know, I know this is like TMI, but I'm like, well, when are you, are you about to start your period? Are you like, you know, do you feel like you might be retaining a little bit of water weight? And she's like, well, I think she said she was about to start maybe next week or something like that. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, you know, what you could be seeing on the scale is that counterbalance. You know, you still could be losing, you know, you could still be using weight, but since you're about to start your period, you know, usually those, I was like, how, do you, have you ever tracked to see, like, do you know how about how much you gain, like, right before your period? And she's like, I think she said, like, four or 
like maybe four pounds or something like that. And I was like, okay, perfect. That could make sense. That could be, you know, you counterbalanced on the scale, your water weight could be covering up what you're losing. And I told her, you know what? After a week after your period, come back to me and let's let's see. Because by then, whatever water weight she would have gained from the fluctuation of her hormones from her period starting, that should subside. So then we should be able to see a really good um, view of like really where her progress is. And like I also told her, I go, you're strength training in the gym. Right. And she used to strength train in the gym before she stopped coming for a little while. So I told her, which probably is also happening is you're gaining that muscle back and your muscle has muscle memory. So in the beginning, she's probably gaining that muscle back fairly quickly. So that as well could be counterbalancing her weight loss on the scale. And that's why she's looking like she's staying the same. Right. And it's also I told her it's very normal to see that weight to kind of stall. You know, in the beginning, you're going to lose weight pretty quickly. And then it's normal to see that slow down over time. And a lot of us think because we're not losing the same two, three, four pounds a week that we're doing something wrong. And it's like, no, that's just normal for things to to kind of slow down. And then because what's happening is also your body is adapting. So especially if you're eating the same amount of calories over time, guess what? Even though those those calories were diet range for you at one time, your metabolism has slowly adjusted to those calories that calorie range that you're now eating because your body likes to be in homeostasis. It doesn't like to um, waste unnecessary energy. So it'll close that what is called an energy gap based from your your energy that you're taking in versus your energy that you're taking out. It tries to work hard to close that gap. So it becomes more efficient with its energy. And I hope that makes sense. And I've explained this on other podcasts, I believe, before you want to go back and, and listen to some of the ones I talked about, about um, weight loss, um, that would kind of clear some of that up. But anyway, so that is what sparked today's podcast is because I was thinking, you know what, this is a topic that I talk to women a lot about, but I haven't done a podcast episode on it. And I think now it's pretty obvious. It just for some reason just thing clicked like, okay, you need to finally do this. Because what is happening is, and you probably know what this feels like, is if you're seeing that scale fluctuating so much and you're trying and you're like, I'm doing everything the same, like what the hell's going on? Why is this not working anymore? Or why is it not working at all? Not fully understanding how your water weight, how water weight plays into that, how muscle gain can play into that as well. So let's kind of talk about water weight when it comes to women, because like I said, this is different for us than it is for a man. Because of our hormone shifts throughout our monthly cycle, our water weight fluctuates, all right? And it's different for everybody. I personally gain about three pounds of water weight right before my period. Some women can gain five, six pounds, and it can make a big difference on the scale. So this is another reason why I think it's very important and empowering as a woman to track your menstrual cycle. And one of the things that has really... Um, been something that I've learned about recently since ha- doing that progress po- podcast is this and how it affects and how you should really take that into account when you're doing your progress. Now, I always knew, of course, you know, water weight happens right before a period. I always have told women, do not weigh yourself a week before your period or during your period. 
And after doing some research, I decided, okay, we need to take this a step further. Um, I need to take that advice a step further, especially after reading a great book by Lyle McDonald. He's really well known in the bodybuilding industry. And he made this book. It's called Fat Loss Volume 1 for Women or something. I can't remember the exact thing, but you can look it up. And he really explains things in such thorough detail based on based on science. So it's taken him literally years to put together this book. And he said, I've, I've listened to podcast episodes and interviews with him. And he said, the reason is he's like, I, he's like, I knew there was a demand for this. Like I knew I needed to create something for women because most of the things out there are based around men, especially in the bodybuilding industry. And he's like, you know, women are different. But he said he didn't really understand how much women are different and our hormones play into that and all that till he got into writing this book. And it actually took him longer than he anticipated because he's like, freaking women are complicated. <laughs> he's like, when you really look down and you do the science, you do the research, he's like, it's it's complicated. And there's so many different scenarios and stuff like that. But anyways, highly suggest the book. It's very well written. And what he suggests is to compare your weeks of your period to other weeks of your period, like the same week of your period. So let me explain what that means. So most women are going to have their or their menstrual cycle last between 28 to 32, 34 days. All of that is completely normal. So once again, this is really important to track your period so you know where you're at and you know what's going on with your body. And he suggests, you know, when you track your weight, that you compare week one of your menstrual cycle with week one of your menstrual cycle. So this is kind of daunting because it's kind of hard. You're going to be comparing the first week of your menstrual cycle with the next month of your first week. So you're always comparing the same week. You're you're comparing week one to week one, week two to week two, week three to week three, week four to week four, but it's just of different cycles. So it's kind of hard because it could take you a month to really see and see that progress sometimes. Um, but that's what he suggests. And it makes total sense because you know not only do our hormones shift right before our period but our our menstrual cycle is broken down into different phases and your hormones are doing different things throughout those different phases it's not just menstruation which what we're really you know what we're so familiar with um so i've been doing a lot of research on on that as well as like women's menstrual cycles and it's been really interesting so I really suggest you do that. Now, the other thing that is very such comes very suggested, and this is for men or women, if you're going to track your weight, you need to do a, what's called a seven-day running average. And there's apps you can find for this. Um, damn it, I can't remember. There's one I have on my phone. And the thing is, what you want to do is you want to have a running seven-day average. And the reason being is, for one, we're not robots, right? So you might have a day where you eat a little bit more carbs than the day before. And guess what? You hold on to more water weight the more carbs you eat. So for every gram of carb you eat, you retain three grams of water. And that's just the way your body functions for for holding um carbs, right? So this is why when people go on a low carb or no carb diet, they see dramatic weight loss at first. And it's not really fat loss. Most of it is water weight loss because just the lack of, they don't have as many carbs in their system. So their body lets go of a bunch of water weight. It doesn't need it. It only needed it to hold and store those carbs. So Anyways, you want to do a seven running seven day average so you can kind of counterbalance for those fluctuations you're going to see throughout the week, especially if you're somebody that likes to have their cheat meal on the weekend or you fall off on the weekend. 
guess what? You can go get on the scale on Monday and it can be like you've regained all your week from the last week. Now, is it possible to regain everything you lost in a weekend? Oh yeah, it's totally for sure doable. If you were to just like go balls the wall and eat whatever I want for the weekend, even though you did get did good during the week, you can counterbalance that weight you lost and you could just stay the same. But what can also happen is if you've been eating good all weekend, you've been on track, and even on um, during the week and then on Saturday you're on track and then Sunday you decide, oh, I'm going to have my cheat meal today or I'm going to have a fun day with the kids or the family or whatever. You're going to go eat out. You have a barbecue, whatever. You eat more carbs than you normally do. You eat more food than you normally do. Then you get on the scale on Monday and you freak the hell out thinking, oh my gosh, I just gained five pounds overnight. You literally, you can't, it's, it's, you cannot eat enough food to gain five pounds over the over one day that's just not possible so what's happening is you're just retaining a lot of water and you'll see over the week once you get back on track with your eating that that's just slowly going to start it's just going to come off again okay so that's another thing is to really understand the way water weight works so that way you can be aware of that and not beat yourself up when you see these fluctuations. So that's why keeping a seven day running average is going to help you to not get so bogged over and down with that. Like those daily fluctuations are going to happen. It's going to show your average. Okay. So I hope that really makes sense. So that's, if I was to use the scale every day, that is how I would do it. Not only that is I would weigh myself the same time every day. And that would be first thing in the morning after like, hopefully a bowel movement, (laughs) you know, if, if you're on track, Um, with all that so that would be the best time with no clothes whatever or just your pajamas on if you're going to do that Uh, I do see people do this at the gym too like I'll see people weigh themselves at the gym and I'm like you probably ate or you maybe didn't I don't know but you know that can kind of that's going to change too so you really want to do first thing in the morning before you ate you haven't done anything you haven't drank anything Um, that would be the best time So that kind of explains how I would do it, how the scale is misleading. Let's talk a little bit. I want to kind of talk about muscle gain and I want to get, I want to touch on this because I don't think women fully understand what, how that actually will play out as in far as progress, because I've heard women say like, oh, I've gained like two pounds this week. I must've gained a lot of muscle. And it's just like, man, I wish that was the truth. If that was the truth, I would be huge by now. Um, That's not. So what does average, like, what does it look like for a natural woman to gain muscle? And I say natural because this is also misleading too when we're looking at figure competitors and people that compete in bodybuilding and things like that. If they're not in a natural league, which most of the ones you see online aren't, um, to be competitive to that, they have to take steroids and drugs that are going to help them grow. I don't know much about it. I've never looked in it. I could care less. I'm not going to do anything that screws up my hormones or my just my health. So I really don't even know what they're called. But I just do know (laughs) that to compete on a competitive level as a woman, you have to take that stuff to compete. So if when you see these women that look unnaturally big, um, that is usually because they're taking something. And The thing is, as a natural woman, it's hard. It's really hard in a slow process to gain muscle. And our potential 
can be reached a lot faster too. what we're naturally um, capable of growing. Um, I've had to come to terms with this as my uh, myself too. Like I'm just a naturally small framed woman. Um, my wrists are small. I mean, my ring size on my finger for my wedding ring is like a four point, uh, four, four and a quarter. <laughs> if that tells you anything, like I'm just a small person. And that's something I've had to come into terms with that I'm never going to look big. Like I'm never going to be super, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to gain tons of muscle naturally. That's just not going to happen for me. And that's another thing genetics do play a part. But on average, women are going to gain, or if they're doing everything right, gain half a pound of muscle a month, half a pound. That's it. That's all. So that, like I said, it's a slow freaking process. So don't think that you're just going to like gain muscle like crazy. If you're somebody that's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to lift heavy. Like I'm just going to gain a bunch of muscle really fast. Like I no, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's just not possible. You don't have the same t- amount of testosterone that men have. We're just not capable of gaining. They're actually capable of gaining. I think men are capable of gaining um, up to two pounds a month of muscle. I can remember, I don't work, um, don't look into too much stuff when it comes to men. Most of the stuff I, I read is going to be for women. Um, but half a pound to even like a pound of muscle a month on a woman um, is really good, especially in the beginning, you're going to gain a little faster because it's new stimulation and that's totally normal. But like I said, just like fat loss, muscle gains are going to get slower over time. And that is completely normal. Um, there's not, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Now let's talk a little bit about other forms of progress really quickly. Things that I think are better or would be great in conjunction with using the scale. Something that I got introduced to a few months back, because remember I told you I don't do those in-body comp scans anymore, is there was somebody that had what they call a 3D, I think it's called a 3D fit or 3D scan, and they brought it to the gym. And I really... I, you know, I talked to them whenever they brought it in, kind of understand how it works and things like that. They said it's the next best thing from a DEXA scan. So if you know anything about ha- uh, tracking fat loss efficiently, a DEXA scan is like the holy grail, you know, but the thing is you have to go, it's expensive and you have to find a place that does it. It's not realistic to see ongoing progress. It might be something that's realistic to do like quarterly or a couple of times a year or something like that. But it's by no means something that is necessary for an average person. It's mostly athletes and people that compete that would use those kinds of um, like a DEXA scan. So anyways, this 3D body scan, I think I paid, it was really cheap. It was like 25 bucks, I think is what they were charging to use this machine. It took like maybe two minutes to do it. And this machine just, it takes a 3D image of your body and it, and it computes like your, all these different stats, including your muscle mass and your fat and um, fat percentage and all that. And also it makes, it looks at like your, the symmetry of your body and just all this really cool stuff. So I went ahead and did that. And I feel like what they get, what it printed out was very accurate to what I feel like I'm at. Like I said, I've been, I'm pretty in tune with my body. I know kind of where my body looks and feels when it's like certain body fat percentages and it, and it came out as as a 22% body fat. And I was like, okay, that seems really reasonable for where my weight is right now and how I feel. So I think that if you can find somebody that has that in the area where you live, like I said, it's just called the 3D fit scan, 3D body scan. 
um, then I would uh, suggest that. And they even told me they agreed, you know, the in-body comps, uh, machines, those things are very finicky when it comes to water weight. So it's something that's, this is not something that's going to be easily, it's not going to be shifted like that this uh, when it comes to your water weight. So it's perfect for women. Another thing is that's really cheap. Anybody can do it is just measuring yourself, doing body, uh, doing body measurements and doing that maybe like on a biweekly um, basis. So do it like every two weeks and then compare because here's the thing. If the scale is not budging, but your waist is going down, you're losing body fat. And if you're more than likely, if that's happening, you're probably somebody that's strength training as well, because that's a sign of your counterbalancing on the scale, your fat loss with muscle gain, which is awesome place to be. And there's nothing that that's actually would be ideal is to be losing body fat and getting muscle at the same time. And sometimes if you don't have a lot of weight to lose, that just means you're going to stay the same weight. But you'll, what you'll see is your body will just recomposition and you'll be more toned in all the right places. And then you'll be, you know, your waist will be smaller. So anyways, those are, that's what I would do. I would maybe choose something like a 3D body scan and then uh, maybe do that once a month if you could. And then you do measurements weekly or biweekly. Uh, progress picks are also something great because you can see over time the change. Um, how your clothes fit. Like that's really simple, right? A lot of us, you know, that's great indication of if you're losing in the right places. Now, this can also be misleading as well. If you're somebody that is trying to gain muscle and not really lose fat, maybe you have, maybe you're jiggly, maybe you're like skinny fat and you want to gain muscle, well, that might look, it might be kind of hard in your clothes because you might start to fit tight in certain areas, even though your waist is fitting small. So just kind of be mindful of that as well. But that's really all I would do. That's kind of what I do. The only other thing that I do that I didn't mention was I also track my strength gain. So if you're getting stronger in the gym, you're gaining muscle. And that is, that's a form of progress that a lot of us don't or people don't talk about, but that is a form of progress is getting stronger in the gym. And other forms of progress are improving your freaking life, right? You know, sometimes the best things that happen along this journey don't come from the actual weight loss, but from the person you become through this journey and how it changes you and betters your life and how much you show up more for your life. So I always, and those are called non-scale goals. That's what I call them or victories. I'm sorry, non-scale victories. And we need to really put that into focus first because there are going to be times where progress is not steady and it's normal to see a, you stall for a couple of weeks. A true plateau doesn't happen unless you've been stalled for three to four weeks and nothing's happened. Even though you're staying the same, nothing is happening. And a lot of us, you know, after a week or two of not seeing progress, we think we're already in a plateau and we're giving up. And it's like, okay, well, think about all those things that in your life that are improving that are not measurable by the scale because those things are going to keep going no matter what the scale does. If you're living a healthy and fit lifestyle and you're, you know, you're eating better and you're exercising, those things are going to still be there. And those are the things you need to focus on so you can keep the momentum to keep going so that way you can 
break through those plateaus and you can start seeing progress again as well. Because like I said, it's not a linear uphill battle and we got to really honor that, that that's just part of, that's just part of the way this works. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to lose a little bit here. You might stall for a couple weeks before you lose again and that's completely fine. So I hope that today's episode was helpful. If it was, like I always say, please, please leave me a five-star review. I know some of you have and I so appreciate that. But I would also love if you could write Write me a review. So not only just leave me five stars, but write me a review and tell me what you like about the podcast so I can make sure I keep doing that. And not only that is if you have found it helpful when you do leave a review and you rate my podcast, that sends a signal to like, you know, iTunes and all that, like, hey, people are liking this podcast. Let's show it more to people when they search for looking for a podcast. And that it can really help me to get in front of more viewers. So um, to those of you that have done that, thank you to those of you that show up every week. Like, I appreciate you. You guys don't realize like this is, um, I feel like, uh, even though it's not like, it's, it's just a one way conversation, right? Like I'm telling you everything and you're listening. I feel like we're connected. I know it sounds weird. I feel like when I'm talking, I'm talking to like a really good friend and it just really feels good. So I always leave, um, after I record an episode, I just feel really good and I feel just, yeah, I just feel on purpose and on point. And, you know, thank you for showing up and listening and letting me to have that outlet. Like I appreciate it a lot. If you do so want to talk more you know, about the also, podcast, I'm actually turning my Facebook support group, which I'm going to be completely honest. I've been MIA in in a long time, I'm turning it into a podcast Facebook group to support this podcast so we can further um, talk about these issues. So I do put a lot of time and effort into the podcast. Um, It's really like my baby right now and where I share the best information. And I feel like it just deserves a a place where we can talk about the podcast more after it's done and we can have more discussion and then I can kind of also see you know did I leave something out in a podcast like are you still left with questions is there something I can help you with because I really really do want to help and you know like I said I don't do this to hear myself talk um I really do this because I want to make a difference and I want to help women and I want to help them with the things that I struggled with you know a lot of the things pretty much everything I talk about either I have struggled with or I'm still currently struggling with you know this is ongoing journey for sure so I'm going to leave a link to that in a uh, Facebook group and the show notes. It's just if you were to be in Facebook and search mom is the new strong, but I'll leave you with that. And for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you next week. Bye for now. Hey mom, are you struggling to consistently eat healthy? Are you doing good like the beginning of the week until about Wednesday, Thursday hits and then you just completely fall off track and you're just really struggling on how to make healthy living a part of your busy mom life? Well, I got something really amazing and it's free to share with you and I put together a three-part video series where I share three secrets on how I consistently eat healthy year-round and not only that, but these things are tried and true. I've shared them with my clients and it's worked for them, so that means more than likely it's going to work for you. So if you're interested in grabbing that three-part video series, like I said, absolutely free. Just go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets.